You know these words from Bhagavad Gita. Lord Krishna says that a yogi is always satisfied. This description, this description comes in the description of the devotee who is very dear to Krishna. Krishna is satisfied with a yogi who is always satisfied. And a very definition of a yogi is one who is always satisfied. Everyone is invited to turn off their cell phone. So, the satisfaction of a yogi is repeatedly described in Bhagavad Gita by Lord Krishna. Someone who is not disturbed even when there are causes for disturbance. Who is uh, equipoised in pleasure and pain, heat and cold, victory and defeat, gain and loss. Such a person is called a yogi. Brahma Bhuta Prasannatma Nashochati Nakangshati. One who neither hankers for anything nor laments. Such a person is called a yogi. So, uh, satisfaction means that he's not disturbed by anything of this world and not elated by anything of this world. Because a devotee or a yogi has doesn't identify himself with this world. He knows that he's not the body. He knows that uh, he's the spirit soul who has an eternal relationship with Krishna. So he's not disturbed. A yogi is satisfied. That is expected of a yogi, that he's satisfied. However, the platform of a devotee is more than that of an ordinary yogi. He's not simply satisfied, but he's very happy. In Krishna consciousness, is more than being simply satisfied in this world, more than being detached from this world. A devotee is very happy in Krishna's service. As we find uh, Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur and all the Vaishnava Acharyas, uh, especially in our Sampradaya, following Srila Prabhupada, we are actually all followers of Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Actually this fact isn't known so much among our followers, among our devotees, but it should be known that the uh, pioneer of, or, the, or the reinvigorator of Krishna consciousness in the modern age is Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur. So the vision of Krishna consciousness that he gave was uh, established very strongly in the world by Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur and further nourished and carried all over the world by Srila Prabhupada, and here we are all today. 
by the mercy of Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur and all the Acharyas. So uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur often expressed his great happiness in devotional service. Bhakti Vinod Krishna Bhajane Anukul Paijaha Pratidi Bhashe Parama Shukhe Shikara Koreitaha. Bhaktivinoda Thakur explains how every day in his practices of Krishna consciousness, he, he does everything which is favorable for Krishna's service and he finds that great bliss in doing so. For instance, he says, Mridanga bada shunite man abhasara shadajache. I always desire to hear the sound of the Mridanga, not this... Uh, not this uh, loud, loud noisemaker. This is uh, not Chaitanya, Mah- Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's favorite, not Bhaktivinoda Thakur's favorite. Gora Bihita Kirtana. He likes to hear the Kirtan, which is uh, authorized or preferred by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. All the items he mentions, the serving the lotus feet, of the pure devotees, observing Ekadashi, worshipping the deities, taking Charanamrita. So these appear to be, these might appear to be very ordinary activities, but Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, I feel great happiness in doing so, great bliss in doing so. This is the devotional life. Uh, here in Dubai, the way of life is different all over the world, the, the way of life is very different from what it was in traditional societies because here people are working very hard, but in traditional life people do not work very hard. They, even if they wanted to, there's, there's a limit to the amount of work you can do. Now with the advent of electricity and all kinds of gadgets, you could literally work 24 hours a day. But in traditional societies, after dark, well, that severely curtails what you can do. And if you're living in a limited atmosphere, in, in an atmosphere just where there's, there are some fields and a house, which is how people used to live, most people, then there's a limit to the amount of work you can do. With a computer, there's unlimited possibilities, which in the modern age means there's unlimited work for you to do. There's no end to it. But people in traditional societies have time. And so we see that, or I have seen in my youth as I was traveling in different parts of Bangladesh, that the very normal thing is that people rise early in the morning and they spend time to worship Krishna. They rise early and then the, the first thing is doing puja, which means personally collecting the flowers. It's not that someone comes around with a plastic bag of flowers, which are already flown in from India and already they lost all their scent if they ever had any. But personally collecting the flower, looking to see which flower is nice to offer to Krishna, and then uh, maintaining a garden to grow all the nice flowers for Krishna, and spending time. Puja takes time to perform, so very happily doing that. And uh, 
all these activities, the whole family takes part and uh, then Naivedya is offered and everyone takes prasadam and then work. First of all puja, then work. Not that the whole life centers around work and then squeeze in a little Hare Krishna here and there and uh, that's our bhakti. Human life is not meant to be lived in this way. Human life is meant to be lived in a more relaxed manner so that there's time for worshipping Krishna. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur describes how in his activities, of course, he was mostly living in city, in well, in towns, he sometimes, so many places he lived in, he purified so many places by, he lived in uh, Choti and Kartak and Calcutta and Ula and uh, Puri and then uh, in Bihar someplace, I can't remember just now, then in uh, Narayal in Joshua district and then in uh, Dinajpur, he lived in so many places. So he's living in towns, but even in even the town life, uh, people had time. It wasn't so hectic. I, I remember sometimes in Calcutta, this was in the maybe early 1980s, in the early morning, walking around Shambazar area, which, uh, and the ding, 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 we'd hear from the homes. People would be doing their puja, and incense would be coming out of the windows, Nowadays you won't find that. You won't, no one will be up early in the morning. If we go on, if we go on Harinam Sankitan early in the morning, as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu used to do, Udilo Aruna Puraba Bhagi, Dijamani Gora, Amani Jagi, Bhakata Shamoha, Loi Ashati, Gelo Nagara Braja. If anyone's up, they'll, they'll say, why are you disturbing so early? Seven o'clock. If they're, if anyone's up, we'll wake them up. They'll complain, why are you waking us up so early? But devotees are meant for happy life. That's the point that I'm make, trying to make here. That Devotees are not simply satisfied. Often people ask, that are you getting shanti? By doing all this bhakti, are you getting shanti? Actually, people used to ask that. They don't ask it so much now. Because by Srila Prabhupada's grace, uh, in India, the, the, the consciousness of people has changed. I've seen in, I've spent most of my life in, of this life in India, how there's been a great change that people in India generally, they used to think that Hinduism means impersonalism. So it's very difficult when I first came to India, as soon as we started to speak that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, not impersonal. People would become angry and say, no, no, you don't know. We are born Hindus, we know, you don't know. <laughs> so they wouldn't accept this. But then people, they, they may ask, are you getting Shanti? Because people thought the goal of life was to attain Shanti. This actually impersonal idea. Nowadays people don't say it so much. Nowadays even the impersonalists are talking about Bhakti. Actually, we find that a lot now. That even the Mayavadis, this, they're initiated in the Mayavad Sambra, they're, nowadays even they're talking about bhakti. So, the effect of Srila Prabhupada's preaching is, we can see. 
So uh, people used to ask that quite often, uh, the idea that uh, Shanti, you just just attain Shanti. But that's not the devotee. The devotee is not aiming simply for Shanti, just peacefulness. The devotee wants to serve Krishna because Krishna, who is Krishna? Rasovai Saha. He is Rasa. He's Rasa Mai, Rasa Nidhi, Rasa Nidhi. Krishna is the uh, Akila Rasamrita, Murti. He is the very form of all Rasa. How to translate Rasa? It's mellow. It's translated as mellow. But there's no English word. It's, it's not a very uh, translatable word. There's nothing in English culture to uh, parallel that understanding. What is rasa? What is dharma? What is bhakti? We can translate these words, but really the understanding comes from a different cultural mindset altogether. So Krishna is the very form of all rasa, and devotees, especially the Gauriyas, they're not interested in shanti. Rather, in Krishna Leela, Ashanti is the very basis of rasa. If everything's peaceful and normal, it's a little boring. There should be some, something, uh, un, something exciting going on. In Krishna Leela, all, all the uh, excitement comes from breaking all the rules. Krishna breaks all the rules. And so does everyone else. So you never know what's going to happen. It's total chaos. Don't imitate that. You have to go to the spiritual world to experience that. But devotees, they're interested in the the happy life. But the happiness in Krishna Bhakti, that doesn't come, it comes from a completely different attitude to the happiness of material life the happiness of, the so-called happiness of material life, which is actually distress, that comes from thinking, how shall I be happy? But when one thinks, how can I act in such a way that Krishna will be pleased with me, then automatically we become happy. Because that is our constitutional position. This is a term that Srila Prabhupada often used. The... The constitutional position of the jiva is to serve Krishna. And Krishna is Akila Rasamrita Murti. Rasa is Amrita, very nectarian. So uh, all happiness. Krishna is always happy. Krishna is all bliss. Ananda Chinmaya Rasa. This is the description of Krishna. Fully blissful, fully spiritual rasa. So, if we are properly situated in our position of service to Krishna, then naturally we also become happy. We don't have to try for it in any other way. And if we do try for it in any other way, then we won't be happy because we cannot be happy in any other way than by serving Krishna. And if we surrender to Krishna, that means we simply act and think and speak in a manner thinking how Krishna will be pleased. 
then automatically we become happy. The secret of happiness is don't try to be happy, just try to make Krishna happy. Anyway, Krishna is happy. But you'll be more happy, you'll be happy with us if we act in a way in which we think of his happiness. And automatically we become happy. Atmane vedan tuapade kari hoino paramashuki dukha dure galo chintana rahilo chodike ananda dekhi. Bhakti Thakur again sings that now I've surrendered to you, Krishna. I've, I've completely offered myself to you. It actually, Bhakti Thakur is speaking from experience that I've become supremely blissful. All distress has gone far away. No more anxiety. And everywhere I simply see happiness. So this is Practical. Everyone can experience. It's not just something written in poetry. Everyone can practically experience. All of us, we can say that although we may not have fully surrendered to Krishna, we're still hopefully in the process of doing so. But we experience happiness in Krishna consciousness, is it not? Otherwise, why should we be here? Often people ask me, how long have you been in this Krishna movement? So uh, if I'm to answer today, then it's 36 years. So then they ask, well, are you happy? And my reply is, well, if I wasn't happy, then why should I do this? (laughs) Rising early in the morning... No meat, no fish, no eggs, no gambling, no illicit sex, no intoxication, no TV, no restaurants. No, 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 no. Everything material, no. And yes, only one yes to Krishna. That's all. So, we could say yes. We could say yes. There are so many advertisements. Buy this, buy that, work like a donkey, get some money, buy something useless. I could also say yes to that. I mean, it's not too late. I could still, you know, become a, try and become a punk rock star or, you know, it's never too late. I could have a sex change operation. There are all kinds of things I could do to be happy. But, I'm not going to do that. I'm maybe not fully realized, but even in the preliminary activities of Krishna Bhakti, definitely happiness is there. Otherwise, how can one go on? So, uh, even in the beginning, there is happiness. And as we come closer and closer to Krishna, then definitely we feel more and more happiness. So, santushti, or satisfaction, we can say that is the basis of happiness. If one is still seeking happiness in material life, then one cannot be happy in Krishna consciousness. But if one is satisfied, he's not basing his life on how much money I can get, how much prestige I can get, 
if one is not desirous of these things, satisfied, then uh, then he can go forward toward Krishna. If one is still desirous of material attainments, then one cannot, if, if one is dissatisfied with one's present material situation, then one cannot properly go toward Krishna. So satisfaction, in the sense that we are not desirous of anything in this material world. That is the basis by which we can go forward to Krishna. If we're, if we're desirous of anything in this material world, then we cannot fully focus our desire on how we can please Krishna. So a devotee is satisfied. More than satisfied, a devotee is happy. But on another platform, a devotee is dissatisfied. A devotee will never be fully satisfied. How is that? Because a devotee always thinks, I should do more for Krishna. Devotee never thinks, now I'm doing enough for Krishna. Devotee always thinks, I should be doing more, 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 more for Krishna. I should surrender more. I should have more pure motive. Because Krishna is unlimited. Now, of course, the jiva is limited. How is the jiva limited? The jiva can never be as powerful as Krishna, as knowledgeable as Krishna. The jiva is limited in so many ways. But the jiva can, there's no limit to the happiness that a jiva can, that, that can expand more and more. So he's always thinking how to serve Krishna more and more. And by that he becomes more and more happy. Now he may think that, well, Krishna, he's unlimited, so he's unlimitedly, he can be unlimitedly happy. Devote, the devotee cannot be as happy as Krishna, but actually the devotee can even be more happy than Krishna by Krishna's grace. Or, even if we say that Krishna's happiness is unlimited, then the devotees can also be unlimited. So there's no end. So devotee is satisfied, but he's always thinking, I should serve Krishna better. Let me think of nicer ways, how I can serve Krishna, how I can surrender more to Krishna. And another way, a devotee is not satisfied, that is uh, expressed by Prahlad Maharaj. That he says that Shochetito Tato Vimokachetasa Indriyarta Maya Sukhaya Bharamudvahato Vimudhan. He says that Naivodvijay Paradurataya Vaita Ramnas Tvadvirya Gayana Mahamrita Magna Chittam. He says, actually, I'm very satisfied praying to Indra I'm very satisfied, even in this nasty material world, because I can chant your names. I can remember you. So, where's the unhappiness? There's satisfaction. Devotee is always happy, because wherever you go, you can always remember Krishna. Whatever anyone does to you, you can always chant the name of Krishna. So, Devotee is satisfied. 
in this material world. Because you can always remember Krishna. But his unhappiness is that so many people, they're not interested in Krishna. They're wasting their life simply trying to enjoy the senses. And in this way, becoming more and more entangled in material life. So a devotee is sad to see how people are wasting their life without being Krishna conscious. So that is the devotee is fully satisfied in Krishna's service, but he feels a sadness that why are people spoiling their life? Why are they wasting their life? without being Krishna conscious. And therefore he tries to spread Krishna consciousness to others. So a devotee is fully satisfied. He's more than satisfied. He's fully blissful. And they get, then again he's dissatisfied. In a, that's a spiritual dissatisfaction. That's not the, the dissatisfaction of someone who uh, their next door neighbor got, of course we don't have next door neighbors now, we have, you know, up, down, back, front, left, and they live in buildings with you know, 500 apartments in one building, so. Anyway, someone, someone got a bigger car than me, so I'm dissatisfied. But that's not a devotee's dissatisfaction. He laughs to see this kind of thing. But his dissatisfaction is a spiritual dissatisfaction of seeing people engaged in such petty activities. Just yesterday we came out of the Krishna temple, the Vallabh Sampraday temple, and a man drew up in his BMW car and uh, he got out of his car with a big cigar sticking out of his mouth. You notice that? That's like a symbol, a prestige symbol, to have a big cigar. Somehow or other, these materialistic people, they invent prestige symbols. So one of them is to have a, a BMW car, which in America they call a Beamer. If you have a Beamer, then you're prestigious. And a big fat cigar, very long cigar. That's supposed to be very prestigious. So it's pathetic. That people, they, they want to show off that you see, I'm very, I'm a very big and rich person. It's pathetic. It's, it's sad that having attained the human form of life childishly, like one child wanting to show himself better than another, someone wants to show, I have a, I have an expensive car, and I smoke big cigars, which uh, which shows that I'm a very important person. Childishly, foolishly, wasting their human form of life. So a devotee is unhappy to see this. That why are people spoiling their life? Why are they trying to be happy, forgetting Krishna? So a devotee tries to induce people to take to Krishna consciousness. And that is his happiness. Srila Prabhupada, he described that his devotional ecstasies 
were his, the purports in his books. We hear about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's devotional ecstasies. Ashtashatvikvika, the, the body becoming pale, the hairs, what is that? Vivanda Vepottu, the, the body shivering and trembling, all these symptoms are there. We, generally we didn't see that in Srila Prabhupada, but he said, my devotional ecstasies, my purports in my books are my devotional ecstasies. And in his books, Srila Prabhupada's books, of course there are many subjects covered, all in relation to Krishna. But the the pulse speed or the 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 underlying message in every word in Srila Prabhupada's books, he's discussing so many things. Systems of governance, the three modes of material nature, the degradation of Kali Yoga, the situation of the spiritual world. So many topics are discussed in Srila Prabhupada's books, especially the Srimad Bhagavatam can uh, rightly be called an encyclopedia of spiritual knowledge. But not just spiritual knowledge, but even about everything. Jnanam teham savigyanam idam vaksham yaseishataha yajgyatva nehabhuyo nyajgyatavyama vashishita. In Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, I will now speak to you knowledge both of the material existence and the spiritual existence, by knowing which nothing more is to be known. In other words, it's everything. So knowledge of everything uh, is given by Krishna in Bhagavad Gita. And that is details. More details are given in Srimad Bhagavatam. So we have knowledge of the cosmography of the universe, the situation of the child in the womb, the... Uh, Atom, the atoms and how time is calculated from the time of movement of one atom crossing another atom. That's the smallest measure of time. Right up to the, uh, life of, or the life of Brahma or the whole duration of the universe. So all kinds of scientific knowledge about this world is in Srimad Bhagavatam. And Srila Prabhupada in his purports, he uh, gave a further explanation of all the topics given by Vyasadeva in Srimad Bhagavatam. That's all connected with Krishna. But in Srila Prabhupada's purports, they w- it was not simply just analyzing the Sanskrit and giving the meaning. It wasn't like that. But in every line... Srila Prabhupada was urging the readers surrender to Krishna. Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Surrender to Krishna. It's the, the pulse going through the whole, all of his writings. It's just like uh, in a musical performance you might not notice the percussion in the background, or you might, because it's in the background, but it's it gives solidity to the whole sound. It's the basis on which the whole sound is developed. So in the same way, uh, 
Various topics are discussed in Srila Prabhupada's books, but the substance, the basis, surrender to Krishna. Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Srila Prabhupada is preaching through his writing. And Srila Prabhupada took this so seriously, this service of urging others to surrender to Krishna, that even when he was lying on the bed in Vrindavan, uh, at the end of life, of course, there's no end of life, but he was uh, as if an ordinary person, apparently uh, sick and about to leave this world at that time also, when he could hardly speak, but he was dictating the Bhaktivedanta purpose. Srimad Bhagavatam. And we have them now, and they're so lucid and clear, expressing how we should surrender to Krishna. One one of these purports I, I just sent out, did anyone see the BVK Sangha posting this morning? How we should always discuss Srimad Bhagavatam, Srila Prabhupada said. We should maximize this. So this purport... Uh, that was dictated by Srila Prabhupada. This is one of his last purports that he dictated. When he was lying on the bed and the microphone was being held just close to his lips so he could dictate that. Because he felt that he wanted to give that. He wanted to give more knowledge. He, he wasn't satisfied that I've written so many books. I've traveled all over the world. I've brought so many people into Krishna consciousness. But he was thinking, still, let me do more for Krishna. So that dissatisfaction of a devotee is very pleasing to Krishna. That how we can do more and more and more and more for Krishna. Let us try to serve Krishna. At the present time, the world situation being what it is. What is the world situation? Who can say? We can see from the newspapers. What is the world situation? Very dire situation. This part of the world, the Arab world, maybe not in Dubai, but not so far from here, is in turmoil. Uh, India, its turmoil is more than usual. Uh, despite having won the World Cup cricket, it doesn't solve all the, you know, the, the, the world goes on. It's still the corruption, the cheating, the crime, the scamming. So, uh, that's a term. And then the whole uh, economic situation is uh, is a mess of the whole world and which affects individuals like yourselves also. So the whole world situation is very bad. But actually there's no need to read all the newspapers. That's day-to-day details. But it's already given in Srimad Bhagavatam. It's already described. What is the situation in Kali Yoga? Tatas chanu dinam dharma satyam socham shamadaya kalena balinara jandang shantyayur balang smritihi. In summary, the situation of Kali Yoga is given by Vyasadeva. In Kali Yoga, with every single day, all good qualities will decrease. Dharma will decrease. Truthfulness will decrease. 
cleanliness will decrease, tolerance will decrease, mercifulness will decrease, then uh, uh, lifespan will decrease, uh, then uh, physical strength, people won't have physical strength, that will decrease. The modern way of living, everything is very comfortable, everything is done by machine, so people's bodies become weak because they have no physical work to do. Then they invent some more machines to scan your body, and then they make some more, when you get sick, and they make more machines for you to exercise on. You, have exercise, you get all these machines so you don't have to do any work, then the body becomes weak, so you get another machine to do exercise. Funny society. So the physical strength becomes less, the mental strength becomes less. People have no mental strength. Just they're carried away. They, they, they see an advertisement, drink Pepsi and people drink it. it must be that they're drinking Pepsi because they advertise, they advertise it. Otherwise no one would drink it. There's nothing uh, nutritious or nice flavorsome, but just because of advertisement, people are stupid, they buy it, they don't have any mental strength to think, well, actually, what is the value in this? The value of Pepsi is less than zero. Literally, it's less than zero. Because not only does it not nourish you, but it, Pepsi or Coke, whatever, I'm not a Coke fan either. But... Uh, Not only do they not give any nourishment, but the chemicals are actually poisonous. So, uh, or cigarettes, or cigars, smoke, smoking. So people, because of advertisements, and because they make this whole ethos that, well, if you smoke a cigarette, you're big and you're tough. Yeah. So... People work hard to get money and then they spend it on something which is going to make, give them terrible diseases. The people are, why? Because it's advertised. They show someone going off on a horse in a desert and then you think, I should smoke this cigarette. If you smoke the cigarette, there's no horse, there's no desert. It's just some, some phantasmagoria. People have no no strength of mind. And the, the proof is that the advertising industry, the people are just carried away. So these are the symptoms of Kali Yoga. They are already given in Shastra. Vyasadeva saw it all in advance. And he also gives so many details in Srimad Bhagavatam. How, what are the details of Kali Yoga? In Kali Yoga, if you want justice, then you have to have money. In fact, if you want anything, you have to have money. Vitameva kalonrinam janma charaguno. In Kali Yoga, if someone has money, then he's considered very aristocratic. Very high class person. Why? Because he got some money. Very low class mentality, but he has money, so he's considered, oh, very very uh, a gentleman, he has money. And one is considered well-behaved or properly behaved if he has money. 
and uh, one is yeah one all, one is considered to possess all good qualities simply if one has money and if one does not have money then he's considered simply useless a criminal practically considered a criminal if you don't have money but the vedic culture is the most advanced person is someone who has no interest in money he thinks that what is this is simply a, a disturbance simply a disturbance now velagudi krishna prabhu will come and say something but in in the uh, Vaishnav Sampradaya, Ramanuja, there's the example of Vedanta Deshika. Who the, there are so many examples of devotees like this. He, the king wanted to, somehow forcing him to take money, he simply refused. He thought, what is this? It's simply a disturbance. All this money is simply a disturbance. Of course, uh, nowadays we think money is a necessity, but actually, Still, there are, there are people in the world still who never use money. Because in traditional societies, you don't need money. You, you grow food and uh, whatever you need is produced locally. So what is the need of any money? You don't need money. Money is only for unnecessary things. If we have more desires, if we have desires for things that we don't need, then we need money. But otherwise everything... Roti Kapramakan, everything is locally produced. You don't need money. Nowadays we need money because society is unnecessarily complex. So, uh, yeah, he's, uh, it's, uh, this Goswami also. He was so rich, and then he gave away all his money. But his servant was carrying some money. And, unknown to Sanatana Goswami. And Sanatana Goswami became very upset. Why are you carrying money? This money is the, will be the cause of our death. People will kill us. If you have gold, people will kill you to take it. If you have, no, if you have nothing, then uh, people are not interested in you. And devotees happy like that. Actually, devotees happy. Generally, we think that, oh, people should respect me and... Uh, what will I? If I become a devotee, people will criticize me. If I don't go to the restaurants, people will criticize. You're not having a good time. If you send your children to become Krishna conscious, people will criticize. Why don't you engage him in all the activities like normal children? They see computer games and all kinds of things to completely contaminate your consciousness. What will people say about me? But Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he says that when people mock me, that then I'll know that I'm doing well. <laughs> what is that? Bishoyi Amare Pagalabolia Ongete Tibeka Dhuli. He says, then I know my life is completely successful when the materialistic people call me crazy and throw dirt on me. Then, then I know, now I'm doing well in Krishna consciousness. <laughs> We're so concerned. What will, what will people say? Oh, you see, if, if I, uh, if I don't wear some fashions, I don't have 20 pairs of shoes and prepare myself to become a centipede in the next life, 
if I don't... Yeah, you have 20 pairs of shoes means you have to have enough feet, right? So next, next life you have to become a centipede. So uh, if you don't... If you don't eat all kami foods which are all full of poisons and... Uh, if you, at, at, if you're lucky, they simply have no nutrition. But they're not only not nutritious, they're also poisonous. But you have to you have to give your children all these foods because they like it. And if you don't give it to them, they cry. And so you have to give it to them. But when when a devotee doesn't care, when he knows that whatever the materialistic people say, we practically you know you should do exactly the opposite. And if they criticize you, then you know that you're, you're properly situated. Because what they think and what they do is completely opposite to what they should be thinking and what they should be doing, which is what we learn from Guru, Sadhu and Shastra. What they, the, 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 what they think is simply, uh, that's called Apaswartha Parayana. Means that materialistic people are completely addicted to that which is totally opposite to their real self-interest. So we should know that this. What what could be more insane than that? To be t- like smoking the cigarette. If you think that you're the body, then you shouldn't smoke a cigarette because that, that will cause severe diseases in the body. If we take our standard of happiness as bodily happiness, then we shouldn't smoke cigarettes. But people smoke it. What could be more crazy that on the packet it says, this will kill you, this will cause cancer. And uh, give me two packets. (laughs) And you have to pay for it. You have to work hard to get that. Yes, some people smoke two packets a day. And they think that's prestigious. So, like that, materialistic people are addicted to that which is totally contrary to their self-interest. So, if we are to take to Krishna consciousness, we have to be prepared to be criticized by others, and we can take that as a barometer of how well we're doing, actually. If we think that I'll be Krishna conscious and somehow... I have to satisfy the whole world also. It's not possible. Because what materialistic people feel satisfied with, actually they're never satisfied. That's the that's why Santushta Satatam Yogi. The yogi is satisfied because he has no material desires. And the materialist is never satisfied because he has unlimited material desires. Chintama parimeyam cha. Asha, what is that? Asha tpasha Kama krodha parayana. The, the description of materialistic, demoniac people. Their unlimited anxieties, unlimited desires. Never satisfied. So we take to Krishna consciousness because we perceive the situation of the world. We don't want to be like that, isn't it? We've already been like that. We've been raised like that from our childhood, wittingly or unwittingly. Our parents have cheated us by not giving us Krishna consciousness. The educational system is cheating us by by telling us 
we will be happy by having money and a car and a house and all these things. The TV, the newspapers, they're all putting out propaganda which is cheating us. And we see that actually we don't want this. We want Krishna. That's why we come to Krishna. Because we're not satisfied in material life. Is it not? We're not satisfied. We, we know that this is not a proper way of life. This is not good. We want a better life. A better life means not getting more money, but coming to the level of consciousness by which we realize that money is not the cause of satisfaction. We've come to Krishna consciousness because we know that material life is unsatisfying. It's not our proper position. So then having taken to Krishna consciousness, then why again should we be looking back and thinking, oh, what will the materialistic people say? We know what they're going to say. When we take to Krishna consciousness, we know they're going to say, What's wrong with you? You, you? you always used to come and party with us. Why are you not doing that anymore? What's wrong with you? Then you should be prepared to tell them. Don't just, don't be weak-minded. Tell them that there's no satisfaction in this. There's, there's better satisfaction in raising the consciousness, rather than uh, indulging the consciousness in petty activities. Party means petty. <laughs> you, you go, you drink, you talk all nonsense, you try to impress others. What is that? Social life means petty consciousness. Wearing some nice clothes, wearing fancy jewelry, and trying to show that you're very sophisticated. So, uh, our idea of sophistication is different. You can go to the Gurukul in Mayapur, and you'll see what some people think looks like savages, because they're just dressed in very simple clothes. So you may think, well, where's, where's all the fancy clothes? And, and no... This is freedom. This is freedom to be able to say, I don't need all those things. My free, this is freedom. I'll be very simple. Material needs minimal. Wear some clothes. Why? Just because it's considered decent. That's all. Otherwise, in, in this time of year in India, there's no need to wear clothes for warmth. So just for some decency. And even, in some parts of India, that's quite acceptable. The sadhus, they'll only wear a kopin, that's all. Just minimal. So minimal. We, d we don't need all that. We don't need to show I'm a big man. We don't need to show our fancy jewelry. We don't need to uh, be very sophisticated. Just very, very simple and discuss Krishna, live for Krishna. So, Mayapur, Gurukul, and Dubai, of course, it's a different way of life. But our consciousness should be the same. 
not imitating the materialists. We want Krishna. We cannot get Krishna if we desire anything else. If we desire to be in this material world, then we won't get Krishna. We can't have both. You can't be, you can't go in two boats. If you have one foot in one boat and another foot in another boat, where do you end up? You fall down in the water. You don't go anywhere. You just simply drown. So we have to decide which way do we want to go. Where do we want? We want to go to Krishna or we want to bring all our you know, 200 pairs of shoes or I'll go back to Godhead but I have to bring all my shoes and my... I hope you know when I go back to Godhead that I'm a gopi, but you know, I was a PhD in my previous life, so you know, I'm a PhD gopi. No, no such thing. No such thing. Any idea like that? Say, I'm a devotee, but you know, I'm a, I'm, I have a very good job and I earn a lot of money and you should know that. I just want to let you know. Then you cannot be a, you cannot be a devotee. Different consciousness. Devotees' consciousness is simply how we shall please Krishna. And no, consi- no consideration of material designations. That is the definition. Sarvopadhi. You can all say, you've done your Bhakti Shastri course. Sarvopadhi vinir muktam tatparat venan. Okay, now do it. Stop all this. Oh, I'm a Bhakti Shastri. No, I'm better. That's another becomes another designation. Now I'm now I'm a very learned devotee. So uh, coming off the theoretical platform, so I may say yes, well it's all right, you're a sannyasi, you can talk like that. We're in Dubai, but yes, you're in Dubai. Yes, you are grihastas. Yes, you're not in the same situation as me. But we're all supposed to be going in the same direction, isn't it? And uh, that di- to go in that direction, we have to develop a certain kind of consciousness, which is not dependent, Hare Krishna, which is which is not dependent on uh, on ashram. Whichever in ashram we are in, the same principle is there, Hare Krishna. Anukul yasya sankalpa pratikul yasya varjanam. We have to do whatever is favorable for pleasing Krishna and reject that which is against the principle of pleasing Krishna. Vairagya vidya nija bhakti. This is for everyone. Vairagya is for everyone. Of course, Grihastas, they don't practice in the same way as the sannyasis. But the principle that we don't want anything of this world, we're not attached to this world, become attached to Krishna. But the principle is the same. The practice may be different in different